Welcome to the Nourish Babes podcast. We're your hosts, Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck about your own health and healing. Let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive into the episode, are you subscribed yet? Nourish Babes podcast monthly paid subscribers receive access to two to three additional podcast episodes per month, which are longer, more in-depth, and more specific than our free episodes, exclusive discounts and offerings, and also the potential to be featured on one of our case study episodes, where you send in your health concerns and we spend a whole episode sharing our personalized diet, lifestyle, and supplement advice for you. So are you ready to subscribe? If you're listening on Spotify, click the link in the show notes or click the lock icon on Spotify paid episodes. If you're on Apple, click the link in the show notes. On Apple, these episodes are actually hidden from your feed. Once you're subscribed, you will gain immediate access to past and future subscriber episodes. So we hope to see you there. Everyone knows that stress is an important factor to address when it comes to improving your health, but not a lot of us actually understand why or how stress really works. In this episode, we're going to go over the many different types of stress, including mental, emotional, physical, chemical, and environmental. We'll also discuss how stress impacts your digestion and hormones and some of the most simple ways to start to manage your stress. Awesome. So what even is stress anyways? Well, according to Hans Solier, who's like the grandfather of stress research, he defines stress as a non-specific response to the body in the body to any demand. So again, when most people think about stress, they think of mental or emotional stress, but any single demand on your body will elicit a stress response. Yeah, I think that's important to note because I, as a coach, ask a lot of people about their stress and a lot of people don't Mm -hmm. think they're stressed because we've been taught that stressors are things like moving across the country, getting broken up with, having a test at school, all these things, but we don't realize stress comes in so many different forms, Mm -hmm. which we will go over in a minute and offer some amazing tips on how to minimize your stress and build your resilience to stressors. Absolutely. So what does running off stress hormones actually feel like? Well, honestly, it can feel really freaking good. And I know this was me for the most of my adolescent life. Um, I was just running off stress hormones and it feels so good until it doesn't. So what does running off stress hormones feel like? Well, it's like that constant need to be doing something, to be active and just always go, 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 running off coffee, not eating very often, just always having that adrenaline and cortisol running through your body until eventually you burn out. And this could be a few weeks, it could be a few years, um, a few months, whatnot, but eventually you definitely will burn out and can develop many symptoms. So many symptoms, some symptoms of what a stressed body looks like is 
PMS symptoms, having heavy, painful, or missing periods, being bloated or constipated all the time, having a low or poor sex drive, having cold hands and feet. This is such a good sign of running off stress hormones. Uh, hair loss, estrogen dominance, little to no appetite, especially in the morning, such a sign of stress. Uh, struggling to conceive or with infertility, waking up in the middle of the night often, uh, having skin issues, or just overall being really sensitive to your emotions and very easily getting sad or anxious. So all of these are signs that your body is stressed out and you need some extra love. So now let's talk about the different types of stress and our best tips. So the first one is mental and emotional. So this is what people typically think of when they think about stress. So these include things like job hardships, relationship conflicts, financial struggles, childcare, over, feelings of overwhelm, anxiety, fear, guilt, shame, having a lack of boundaries, suppressing your emotions, which especially get held in the gut, rejection of self, grief, depression, lack of community or support, negative thought patterns, even sometimes overexcitement, right? When you get really, really excited, that, that actually can, that feels like, feels exciting, but it can be a stressor. Absolutely. Really any major life event, a death, moving, jobs, basically the things that people think of when they think about stress. Absolutely. So what can we do with these types of stressors? Well, honestly, the biggest one that has helped me is feel your feelings. This has been game changer in my healing experience. And normally when we think about feeling your feelings, you start thinking about your feelings, but thinking about your feelings is not feeling your feelings. So if you're ever feeling anxious or overwhelmed or any of these symptoms of stress, really sit with your body and feel what it feels like inside your body. Where in your body do you feel that stress? For me, it's usually like in my heart and in my chest. And I really just try to sit there and feel it fully to its max capacity. Obviously, it's not going to feel good, but going through this process helps to complete that stress cycle and actually be so much easier to actually get over it. You said your feelings are usually in your gut. Oh yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I have a history of not feeling my feelings because I was taught certain emotions were not okay to express. And so over the past couple of years, I've also been doing so much work around this and I feel them definitely in my gut. And I've had to constantly coach myself and tell myself I'm safe to feel all mm -hmm. emotions absolutely, because they're all serving a purpose. And yeah, I feel them in my gut. But like you said, I love that whole idea of completing the stress cycle mm -hmm. because feelings can absolutely get stuck in your body. And if you're not familiar with Louise Hay, she mm. is amazing and essentially just talks about how feelings get stuck in certain parts of our body. And I think a lot of my feelings, guilt, shame, not feeling worthy, those were stuck in my digestive organs. Wow. So interesting. Um, some other ways to deal with mental and emotional stress are reading. I actually uh, saw something the other day that reading lowers your stress response by 68%. How? I know. I was like, I don't know. I was like, this has to be for people who actually enjoy reading yes. or like reading fun things. Yes. Um, so if you enjoy reading, that is a great way to just sit and rest and relax and get your mind off all these other stressors in your life. Writing it out is such a huge one. I am 
obsessed with my journal practice. Sometimes when I'm feeling super overwhelmed and just don't know where to start or I'm having like some kind of struggle, a mental struggle in my life, I just sit there and write it all down. And every single time at the end, like I feel a weight is lifted off me and I feel like my thoughts are more clear and it's just such a helpful practice. Um, trying to get support from your friends or family. I know this isn't always the best or always a solution, but for me, I love my friends and my family and they are such a great support system. I feel like me and my sister always talk about when something goes bad, we call our mom Mm -hmm. and she's just like the savior for everyone. Um, anything else? I love the whole writing piece because I feel like for me, I constantly am having these thoughts run through my head. And once I put them on paper, it's like I've completed, like I've moved them out of my head and onto the piece of paper. I constantly, I'm such a fan of journaling and lists. And I Mm -hmm. will sometimes think about all the things I need to do. And once I write them down, I'm like, oh, that's actually not that much. Like that is so doable for me. So that one is really important. And I think actually scheduling out time to rest and relax. So if you're really busy, like I am, I Mm -hmm. like, I will literally schedule out like during this day or this time, like I am not doing anything. I'm going to lay out in the sun and just rest or relax or do some writing or reading or just like actually scheduling out time to do that type of stuff. Cause otherwise it's just like, Oh, I can, I can do that later. Um, and then I think another huge one is reevaluating your relationships. That could be friendships. It could Mm. be even family members, like, reevaluating yeah those relationships that you have are they building you do they make you feel great do they give you energy and that is also really important and we are both projectors and so we Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of energy like people essentially like take Mm -hmm. our energy and we need to be alone and I call them energy energy vampires yes (laughs) so I'm very sensitive as far as who I am around and I can feel at like if I've been around people for a long time, especially the people who don't build me up, I am exhausted. And that is a big stressor. So yeah, evaluating your, your friends, friendships, relationships, establishing your own values, and just like really getting clear about what in life makes you feel really good and nourished and built up. I love that. I also want to mention, um, social media. I feel like not everyone's uh, nervous system can handle social media, not even mine. Like I can handle it more during the day, but for some reason I cannot do social media at nighttime. It just, I never sleep as well. I just like, it's not, and it also kind of depends on the social media. For some reason, Instagram makes me more anxious than TikTok. Really? And I, it's like a weird thing that I've noticed. Like when I go on Instagram for a long period of time, I feel more anxious than TikTok. And it's so weird. I don't even like post anything on TikTok, but definitely setting boundaries for yourself around so many things where the people or things or social media, so important boundaries. Let's go into now physical stressors. And this is where we often don't think of stressors that actually are stressing our bodies. The biggest one is not eating enough. People don't understand that when you don't eat or you go a long period of time without eating, your stress hormones have to physically raise in order to keep you alive. So when you don't have enough fuel in your liver or in your blood for your blood sugar, we literally have to raise our stress hormones to break down our muscles and our tissues in order to get nutrients to our body. And people don't understand that that is a huge stress response. So by simply eating more often, 
can be so helpful to lower our stress. Other forms of physical stress are like HIIT or cardio exercises, uh, intermittent fasting goes back to under eating, lack of macronutrients or micronutrients is another huge one. People don't realize that it's not just about eating too much or too many things. It's about poor quality food and not having the components that our body needs in order to just simply function on a day-to-day basis. Uh, certain injuries obviously can be a physical stressor. Uh, gut issues, definitely a stress. Any kind of inflammation or allergies or intolerances. Uh, lack of sleep, even getting too much sleep. Um, also, like I was mentioning earlier, too much screen time, not only from social media, but just that blue light does not mix well with our bodies. Plus, on the other end of that, lack of sunshine and lack of getting outside enough. And then there are other stressor, physical stressors that we may not necessarily think of as stress, but absolutely are stress, like pregnancy and breastfeeding. Those are huge physical stressors and physical demands on our body. I've read somewhere that you'll burn more calories just sitting on the couch when you're pregnant compared to your husband when he's out at the gym working out. So we really need to replenish ourselves when we're pregnant and or breastfeeding. And the last one is exercise. Exercise can be a good physical stress, but so many of us are so depleted and so running off stress hormones that that exercise can often do more harm than good. Yeah. So some tips. So eating enough is first and foremost, one of the easiest ways to minimize physical stress. Mm -hmm. And I think the word enough is so dependent on what people's perception of enough is. Mm. We would say minimum, at least for me, like 1800 calories or more. Never, never, never less. Even if you're trying to lose weight, even if you're, I don't even know. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible to lose weight. Yes. And still eat enough for your body yes. to just function entirely. So that is for any grown woman. I don't care if you're five foot or you're six foot five, like yeah. eating at least 1800 calories, if not more, especially if you're breastfeeding, pregnant, more stressed, exercising, yeah. all the things. You're even, even if you're, when you're stressed, you're going to need to eat even more, more yes. than if you're not stressed. Absolutely. Exactly. And then of course, eating often enough. So every four-ish hours, eating within an hour of waking. Mm-hmm. And another one is adrenal cocktails. So if you haven't heard us talk about adrenal cocktails, your adrenals are responding to stress. They're really activated when you're under active stress and they need a lot of nutrition and namely sodium, potassium, and vitamin C. So an adrenal cocktail is essentially just coconut water, some kind of juice. We really like citrus juice, so grapefruit juice or orange juice and a little bit of salt. So those that's going to provide your body with a a little bit of support, especially during times of stress. These are so helpful. And also just eating within our framework for nutrition. So we did a whole episode on the foundations for nutrition and you'll have so much more information in that episode. So that's episode two. You can check that out and learn all about how to eat to nourish your body, get enough nutrition. Another big one is dialing back your exercise training. So when I was having a very stressful time in my life, I started to realize that the exercise that I was normally doing was, it was making me more anxious. And I, after exercise, I feel like you should always feel just really calm Mm -hmm. and nourished. Whereas 
when I was in the stressful state and then I was doing the same exercises, I felt anxious and like really just depleted and it was affecting my sleep. And, and essentially sometimes it's really necessary to dial back your exercise. So with my clients too, if they're having a lot of stress and a lot of gut issues, I tell them to dial back their exercise. So, and just start to do more gentle forms of exercise. So things like walking, really gentle yoga, even just meditations where you're not really moving. You're just, you're just relaxing essentially. Another one is minimizing blue light, especially at night. So you're getting exposed to blue light from any kind of screen and lights. So Mm -hmm. if you're under artificial light, if you're looking at your computer screen, your TV, your phone, those are all emitting these highly intense blue light rays. And those essentially keep you awake Mm -hmm. and activate that that stress response like that that is why it's really good in the morning to look at the sun because there's actually more blue mm-hmm. light coming naturally from the sun and that wakes you up mm-hmm. and yeah minimizing blue light especially after the sun has gone down is so important for sleep another one is just getting outside daily at a bare minimum getting outside in the morning the afternoon and at night for anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes ideally more because being outside is amazing but that is a, a big one too. It's just getting outside, even grounding. Like if you have grass or something, or even a park close, like taking off your shoes and allowing your feet to touch the earth yes. is another big one. Any other ones? Um, sleeping enough, sleeping, getting good quality sleep. I love what you said about blue light. Uh, I just recently learned about this, but you don't produce melatonin until two hours after the sun. A, yeah, the sun goes awesome. down. Mm-hmm. But if we're constantly being exposed to that blue light after the sun's gone down, then it's still going to take two hours once that blue light is completely off in order to start producing melatonin. And melatonin has so many beneficial effects to it, especially like anti-cancer effects and can really help you get good quality sleep, not just enough sleep. Uh, so that was a really helpful, that has been really helpful in my journey and I kind of cheat with it and I just get blue light blocking glasses so that I can still like be a part of technology or watch TV with my boyfriend. Um, but it still helps to minimize that blue light. And honestly, overall, just nourishing yourself often enough and well is so crucial. I feel like we live in such a restrictive society where everyone's like, limit this, restrict this, like eat less. And no, we need, we need more nutrients. We need more fuel, not less. And so getting out of that restrictive mindset can be so helpful for your stress hormones and just resting and chilling. I am the queen of resting. I love to rest, especially like around my luteal phase or on my period. My friends know like, I'm not going to hang out with you when I'm on my period. Like this is my time to rest and relax. And if I rest well during that part of my cycle, then the rest of my cycle, I actually have way more energy. Whereas if I don't rest on my period, then the rest of the cycle is kind of thrown off. So just nourish yourself well, nourish yourself daily and rest when you need it. So true. So the next category is chemical and environmental. So this includes stressors like seed oils, which are canola, soybean, safflower, sunflower. Uh, what's the other one? Grape seed. Yeah. There's so peanut. many. There's so many. Things like Crisco. I grew up on Crisco, oh but gosh. I know it doesn't really exist. I mean, people sometimes use it. 
any kind of fake butter, hydrogenated oils, those are very stressful for your body. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things like high fructose corn syrup and really, honestly, any weird synthetic man-made Franken ingredients. So this Mm -hmm. is like food additives, food preservatives, all these weird thickeners and gums and natural flavors and artificial flavors. Those are all stressful for your body. They're adding a demand for your body to have to process these things. Mm -hmm. Things like parabens, phthalates, xenoestrogens, air pollution, noise pollution, anti-nutrients, which are found in a lot of plant foods that make them really hard to digest, synthetic vitamins and minerals. So a lot of your supplements are are full of synthetic man-made vitamins and minerals, pesticides like glyphosate and atrazine, herbicides, fungicides, birth control, medications, plastics, cleaning products, mold, EMFs, tap water, and alcohol. So many. And just reading that list like makes me so overwhelmed. But the goal of this isn't to overwhelm you. It's to become aware of all of these things around us and in our lives. So again, awareness is the first step in all of our programs, because once you start becoming aware of these things, you're like, wow, this stuff is literally everywhere. And no wonder so many people are so sick. So the goal isn't to just completely change your life overnight and eliminate all these things, but just start becoming aware and minimize where you can. Once you realize that it really doesn't have to be this complicated and it can be really simple. I have definitely over the years eliminated many of these things in my life. And now it's just like second nature. It's not a big deal and it's not too hard at all. So simplifying your eating and just choosing organic foods whenever possible, um, minimizing foods with anti-nutrients or properly preparing those foods so that they're already minimized uh, and any kind of water filtration system is better than nothing at all. So just whenever you can choose the better options. Uh, Also, I know the beauty and household products that can be very overwhelming, especially for people who love their fragrances and all their makeup and these like fancy cleaning products and like they're like clothes to smell really nicely and whatnot. We keep it super simple. We both wash our faces with water. I just wash mine with water and a washcloth. Um, We use beef tallow as our lotion. I use like a vitamin C serum. That's actually really good quality. Like it doesn't need to be complicated at all. I use apple cider vinegar as my hair conditioner. It's literally the best conditioner I've ever found and I'll never go back. I actually ran out of it recently and stopped using it. And my hair was like getting so built up and I was like, what is wrong with my hair? And it was because I stopped using it Um, for cleaning products, baking soda and vinegar. Like so simple. OG mom, it's no best. So yeah, anything else? Just a note on the anti-nutrients. So at least for gut health, this includes things like grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. And again, it's not saying avoid these forever. Don't ever eat them. It's just like they are all seeds. They're really hard to digest. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of anti-nutrients, which essentially, if you think about it, seeds' whole goal is to remain undigested and get planted. So they don't Mm -hmm. want to be digested. So they just require special preparation methods. So Things like soaking and sprouting and fermentation is going to be key in all of those. And I mean, honestly, just rethinking medications. 
I know my mother is on a bunch of medications and she was dealing with some symptoms. And I was like, hey, it actually, are you taking this medication? Because I know that that is a really con- common mm. side effect of this. And she had no idea because her doctor, of course, didn't tell her like this is a is a very common side effect of this medication. So I was like, talk to your doctor. Like, yeah, I'm not saying you have to get off all your medications, but like become so much more aware of the symptoms that they cause and the stress that they can cause on your on your system. And ultimately with another just tip with plastic stuff, plastic is everywhere. It's very hard to avoid at bare minimum. It's pretty easy to sub your plastic stuff around food. So that's what I try to focus on is, is trying to buy food that's in glass or if I'm packaging up food for lunch or, or taking it on the go, I always use glass containers, which are pretty easy to find. Yeah. That's an easy swap. I love it. So helpful. Okay, so that was a lot. Yes. But essentially now you know that all things, all of these things are adding a burden to the body. They're increasing the demand on your body and they're increasing stress. So we like to think of it, this example of, think about a bucket, right? You have a bucket and every single stressor you have is like a drop in the bucket. And throughout your life, you're adding, you know, droplets to this bucket and essentially all of these stressors are going to add up. And sometimes your bucket is so full that it starts to overflow. And essentially this happens when your body is just like, it's been responding to stress. It's been managing your stress. Maybe you feel really good because you're running on stress hormones. And then one day your body quote unquote falls apart out of nowhere, right? It's not out of nowhere at least this happened for me, like my body was running on stress hormones and then it got to a point where like it, it could not handle it anymore. And this point is different for everyone, but essentially when you're under this chronic stress, your body is going to shut down all non-essential systems. So this includes things like detoxification and immune function and digestion. It's shutting those down for a reason, right? Because it's trying to respond to this the stress and it's smart. It's doing this on purpose, but of course, all of those non-essential functions are going to uh, be ignored essentially. And what this can manifest as when your body is just constantly overwhelmed with this chronic stress are things like reproduction issues, fatigue, detoxification issues, even autoimmune diseases, anxiety and panic attacks, unexplained weight gain or weight loss, hair loss, hormonal issues, gut issues, and many more. But those are some really common ones that happen when you're essentially your stress bucket overflows. So like I said, your body is really resilient. And I see a lot of people who are running on stress hormones and I see it in how they are and how much they have on their plate. And yeah, your body is really resilient when it has when it still has some stored nutrition, like nutrients, but yeah, your body's really resilient until it's not. And so this is often when we see a lot of people have their health basically fall apart. So I want to talk more a little bit about how stress is especially detrimental to digestion. So like I said before, your body is shutting off all essential or non-essential systems when your body's trying to respond to stress. And digestion is a, is one of the things that your body's not concerned with doing when you're stressed. So 
there's something called the vagus nerve. If you haven't heard of the vagus nerve, it's fascinating. Essentially, it's a nerve that connects your brain to all of your digestive organs. Your vagus nerve is controlling where nutrients and blood flows. So if you think about when you're under a stress response, your vagus nerve knows that and it's sending all nutrition and blood flow to your extremities and your brain because you're trying to respond to a stressor, right? You maybe have to run or you maybe have to think really, uh, think for a long time. Like it is sending all these nutrients and blood flow to your extremities, which is, is great, right? When you're having stress, that is, that is exactly what it's supposed to be doing. So it is putting your body in what's called a sympathetic nervous system response. So that is your stress response. And essentially the opposite of that, when your body is resting and digesting, that is called the parasympathetic nervous system. And that is when your, your vagus nerve and your brain, they work together and they're like, okay, we don't have any more stress. Let's send all the nutrition and all the blood flow back to the essential digestive organs, right? The whole like rest and digest. That is where digestion and healing happens when your body is in this parasympathetic dominant state. So there's this whole idea of when you have a toned vagus nerve, that is great, right? Because essentially it is your vagus nerve is what's helping your body switch into that calm rest and digest state. So I like to think of it uh, like switching a light switch right? So say you're stressed, right? The light switch is up and the stressor is over and you switch the light switch down and your body goes into this like rested and relaxed state. So when your vagus nerve is toned and really healthy, that going from that really stressful state into the calm and rested state is, is really easy. It's like flipping a switch. Mm -hmm. Whereas when your vagus nerve is not very healthy, not very toned, it's like a dimmer. It takes you a while to like Mm -hmm. calm down and like get into that state of rest and relaxation. And I experienced this, right? Like I would have a stress response and it would take me so long to just like calm down and like Mm -hmm. get out of that, that space. So that's the vagus nerve. It's fascinating. And like I said, your body, in order to have good digestion, your body has to be in a parasympathetic nervous system state because that is when your body's blood and nutrition is all flowing to your digestive organs so they can do what they know how to do. So some of the ways to support your vagus nerve is with laughter, deep belly breaths, singing, cold water, water, water therapy, grounding, nature, sunlight, meditation, humming, and gargling. So I think about, I mean, these, some of these are kind of silly, but it makes sense, right? When you're in a calm state, you know, it's really easy to laugh or it's really easy to sing. Whereas if you're in a stress response, it's, you're not going to, like when you're running from a bear, you're not laughing. Like you're (laughs) not, you're not taking deep belly breaths. Like your body is trying to run away. And so a lot of these, yeah, tell your body like, Hey, it's, it's okay. It's time to rest and relax. And that is one really important piece in digestion is toning your vagus nerve and doing as much of these things as you can to get your body into that rest and digest spot. I love it. So helpful and so interesting. I remember when I first learned about the vagus nerve, I was like, this is so cool. No wonder I feel amazing when I sing super loudly or I'm like laughing with my girlfriends. So helpful and so simple. So simple. It doesn't have to be complicated at all. 
Now I want to quickly go into how stress impacts our hormones, specifically our thyroid hormone. And it's interesting when other people think about stress, again, they think of this most emotional mental stress. But when I think about stress, I think of stress as a hormone because stress hormones are a thing. Cortisol and adrenaline are hormones. And so most people don't realize that. And these hormones like cortisol and adrenaline are directly inversely re related to thyroid hormones. So this means I will go into this much more in a future episode all about hormones, but when our stress hormones are high, our thyroid hormones are going to be depleted and vice versa. When your stress hormone or when your thyroid hormones are at optimal levels, your stress is automatically going to be lowered. So most people don't understand the importance of these thyroid hormones. Thyroid hormone affects every single cell tissue and organ within the body. And so if your thyroid function isn't optimal, you're definitely going to have certain symptoms. Or if you're running off stress hormones, you're going to struggle with these symptoms like cold hands and feet, fatigue, irregular, heavy periods, PMS, all of these symptoms that we've been talking about earlier. So these are all signs that you're probably running off stress hormones and need to better support your thyroid function. And the best, my number one way to support thyroid function is by eating enough and especially eating enough carbohydrates because we need carbohydrates to fuel our liver in order to transfer that inactive thyroid hormone to its active form. So again, the number one best way to lower physical stress on your body is by eating often and eating enough and overall just supporting your body with all of the, the many tips that we mentioned before. I love it. So helpful. And I know for me with the whole carb thing, I used to be keto and carnivore mm -hmm. and I definitely am realizing now that that contributed to a lot of my stress and eating carbs like it's no wonder that people crave carbs mm -hmm. when they're stressed and so many people have sugar cravings and they they avoid them and they hate them and they're trying to curb their cravings and it's like no your body is so intelligent it is craving carbs because they're really easy to digest and your body needs more fuel because you're so stressed out because mm -hmm. you're utilizing when you're under stress you're utilizing those carbohydrates and that energy so quickly so quickly yes so i love that tip because that is dramatically changed my life. Mm. So we know that was a lot, but we hope you have a better understanding of the full definition of stress and what it means to be stressed. So along with some helpful tips to help you manage your stress and become more resilient to stress, we understand, like we said, that you cannot just avoid all the stress in your lives. That's not possible. If we could just completely get rid of all your stress, you'd be dead but we can limit certain stressors while also increasing our nourishment so that when those stressful events and things happen, we're able to tolerate and navigate them much better. Absolutely. So helpful. So I hope you found this episode helpful. If you have any questions at all, please reach out to us. Again, my Instagram handle is at nourish with Bella, or you can email me. My email is Bella at nourishwithbella.com. How can we find you? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is the gut goddess and my website is the gut goddess.com. And my email is the gut goddess at Gmail. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.